0: Hello, welcome to the Tabletop Gaming Podcast. I'm Matt Jarvis. I'm the editor of Tabletop Gaming magazine. Uh, we're in Essen. We're in Essen, 2018. Uh, we are literally in Essen, Essen Mesa, Mesa, Essen. Uh, I'm joined by James Wallace. Hello. How are you
1: doing, James? Uh, I could be better. I'm on interesting <laughs> painkillers. And also Owen Duffy. Hello, Owen. Hello, I'm also on some painkillers, um,
2: but I'm going to try to sound sensible and erudite and interesting and uh, probably going to fail. If
0: there's anyone seemingly not on painkillers, I guess I'll be the really boring one. Uh, I'll leave all the interesting conversation up to that side of the table. Uh, but we're just here and it'll be great to... no, we'll start with James. James, what have you seen in Essen so far that's caught your attention?
1: Oh my god, I'm completely... Essen is completely overwhelming. It's... you wander around the halls just taking in so much information about games. When I first came back to Essen after a long break a couple of years ago, about four o'clock on day one I had to go back to my hotel room and lie down because my brain was literally full, I could not assimilate any more information about anything, there was just too much game stuff. It's like that, it's so full of little games that you've never heard of before, you'll never hear of them again, really major stuff that you've never heard of because it's just not made it to the UK yet. So much, so much. Um, Stuff I'm seeing people wandering around with um, the Azul expansion, that seems to have been shifting an awful lot of copies. Um, the only thing I've actually paid money for that's new is Blocky Mountains, which is stocking, uh, stacking games on my kryptonite. Um, and it, this one looks absolutely brilliant. The um, thing I, wi- I will probably buy later on, there's a Singapore company called Capital Games Studio. They're economists. They do games about economics. They've got a really cracking game about cryptocurrency. And it's not kind of, well, we've got a game and we'll theme it. Yeah. The whole theme is actually, if you want an educational how cryptocurrencies work and don't, It's in the game! really interesting the stuff. They have no European distribution in. at the moment, apart from one trade
2: stand at this. So if it's a cryptocurrency <laughs> game, does that mean you buy it for €30 Euro and then by the time you get home
0: it's worth like four cents? Oh yes, or you discover it's a complete fraud and it's worthless. Yes. Or it secretly mines in the background and it makes someone else money but not you.
1: Quite possible. <laughs> All of this is the cards in the game. Um, other stuff, there's people kickstarting insane games. Cultist Storm, Storm of the Cultists, a, um, a huge cooperative and story-based board game. It's on Kickstarter in a week's time. A thousand cards, 11 expansion modules, and a unique 3D game box, 400 stories, soundtrack, it's just these insanely big dream games that people put together, and Essen is where they will find a market. And tiny little things as well, like these dice, you can sound like ordinary dice, but instead of pips, they've got lines on them. They're called Latitude. They're from uh, Latitude Dice in in New Zealand, not available yet. It's just one guy's idea for a new way, a new thing you can do with dice. And they're really, they're just dice, but they're just clever dice. And you will find all of this stuff and more at Essen. It is overwhelming. There is no game show like it. You might think UK Games Expo is big, but um, that's just peanuts to us. Oh, and more we'll time to you. What have you been seeing? I have discovered
2: that there is such a thing as a pretzel pizza. Pretzel pizza. <laughs> pretzel pizza, which is the kind of sour, salty pretzely bread tied up in a knot with pizza toppings on top of it. So that is my that that is my hit of Essen twenty eighteen so far. Um, <laughs> if you want to talk about games, then actually, um, now that you've mentioned yeah, it, all I really to want to do is talk what? about the pretzel yeah. pizza. Yeah, I think yeah. you win, Essen. <laughs> um, I didn't actually play that much today um, it was insanely busy for a Thursday this is the busiest I've seen it yeah, ever rammed. this is Everybody's like a Saturday any any other year um, so I, I shudder to think what Saturday's going to be like but um, I did play Skylands from Queen Games, I forget the designer unfortunately, um, it's quite interesting it's a kind of tile uh, laying game where you're trying to build a tableau of um, kind of floating islands in the sky um, you are populating them as you go, you're kind of creating certain effects by linking different cities together. The interesting thing for me was that every time you take an action in the game, all of your opponents get to take a slightly less powerful version of that action, so it means that everyone progresses at roughly the same time, and how you win is really finding those little edge cases where you can do something that somebody else isn't able to benefit from in quite the same way, um, and it's actually quite thoughtful. I mean. It, in terms of its rules complexity it feels like a kind of family weight game but i'd say it's a family weight game for families who are already playing games if that makes sense Um, and then uh, the other stuff that i did today um, i had a, a really interesting chat with jacob jasko from fog of love and nikki valens um, they're working together on some new content for the game, specifically some LGBT content, which is really great to see. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's been really interesting catching up with those folks and, uh, and just seeing what they're up to. Mm. The two, There's two new additions on there, are
0: they out at SNI? Yeah, no, the new or...
2: additions, um, Nikki has tweaked some of the content in the base game to make it a little more LGBT relevant. Um, the, new, the, the big uh, changes that they have different front covers on the boxes so now you can have uh, a mixed sex couple or you can have uh, two women or two guys on the, the front of the box or you could collect them all if you're a completist um, which
0: I might think be I the content is the same across yeah, the board isn't it? Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah It's just before same. anyone rushes out yeah. for It's copies. like
1: red and blue pandemic all yeah. over again legacy uh, yeah. yeah. all over again um, It's the same stuff inside the box
2: um, but it's great that there's going to be this new content coming out for it I'm really looking forward to, uh, to checking it out because apart from anything Else, Jacob and Nikki are two designers who I think put kind of story-led designs right at the forefront of their work more than really anyone in the industry at the moment. Um, although I'm sitting next to James Wallace, who <laughs> is the, the designer of a Little Game Called Once Upon a Time. Um, but um, yeah, just really exciting, really uh, interesting to, to find out about.
0: Have either of you seen Railroad Inc.? James... You I've, I've heard about, about it, it, I've not actually played there. it yet. It's a Roll and write, Yes, um, from Horrible Games, the Post-Explosion y- people. Yes. Um, but it's, uh, speaking of multiple versions, although in a very different context, there are two versions of it coming out. I think they're about €15 Euro each. Um, there's a red version, there's a blue version, and they're identical, apart from they include optional expansions, two optional expansions in each. And the blue box is all about extra things that you're building So, The game is played by, you roll dice, it gives you sections of track that you lay into a grid and you're trying to make routes that are either roads or track and you get overpasses and stations where one turns into the other and all this kind of thing. Um, but the blue box adds rivers that can then flow under bridges and around and give you extra points um, And or lakes, you can't have both at the same time. So you can either make one river that flows across the map or you can have a lake where you have to try and piece together the edges and then the middle kind of automatically fills in. Um, whereas the red box is all about destruction so you get meteors that come down and will just blow up sections of your track um, and also lava that flows around that you then can't build but apparently you want to go close by because people like to see lava against their own you know so it's basically <laughs> a simulator of trying to get anywhere by rail in the UK uh, essentially right. yes uh, because it's late one second and then flaming death the next um, but I have really been enjoying it. It's very simple stuff. You know, it's it's a very simple ball and like, you roll, you draw the tracks, you get points for it. But it's got a good, satisfying loop. And for the price it is, it's like a pretty good price. You know, I think there's like six, there's six wipeable boards and pens in each. And then you can combine the two and play with 12 people. And then just chuck in whatever expansion you want to. But I've been really enjoying that. We'll see if it holds up over the long term. Because it is very it's like very uh, not shallow but there's, you know, it's very streamlined and mm. there's not loads to it but it, I've been having a good time with it yeah I definitely yeah. want to check it out it just
1: proves there's nothing new in, in games we were talking before we started um, the, I mean the granddaddy of, of Roland and mm. roll uh, games is Railway Rivals a British design from the 1970s that won the Spiel des Jahr in the very early 80s um, in which you roll and uh, draw track on, on the board but it, everyone's drawing on the same board you're
0: Beating networks
1: not a million miles away No, so it's split into separate from yes. and so
0: on and it I think longer. Is is it's quite uh yeah, you you so, um,
1: even longer maybe. than that. Yeah. Because you create the networks and then you race trains on them. Yeah, so it's this is that now. doesn't
0: even have yeah. this doesn't have any pickup and deliver, it doesn't have any anything beyond the route building, it's just very it's about fifteen minutes, you know, yeah. it's it's done within you know, but every, top, everything but, old is new oh yeah yeah, another game I saw saw which I don't know if you might have seen, I think it was our show, Tabletop Gaming Live, is Monumental, um, which is this big civilization game from Matthew Dunstan, who I think is largely known for teaming up with Brett Gilbert on a bunch of different stuff, um, and was also behind Professor Evil. Um, uh, But Monumental is, as it sounds, a very big Civ game, played on a modular board, but The thing that i found really interesting about it is it has there are elements of deck building where as you gain more technology you add to a deck and then at the start of your turn you deal from that deck into a three by three grid and you activate your grid one row one column and so you will get the resources so there's production there's military and there's uh, science Um, and then there are various things but you you always have to activate one row one column so you're always having five cards out of the lot um, and then spending those to move troops on the main board, and you know, then it becomes a Civ kind of 4x game in the middle. But I just thought that the the way it kind of combined this deck building with this, I hadn't seen the row column kind of activation done before, and it was just a little bit of a different take on a, a genre that seems to have been done a billion times and more. Okay, I'm going to have to check it out. Um, I did play a Civ
2: building themed game today. Uh, Gentes. I don't know if you guys have Gentes, seen it. No. Uh, I again forget the, d- the designer. which seems to be a recurring <laughs> thing that's happening to me today. Um, it was on my hit list before I came out here, um, but I found it a bit disappointing, to be honest. Um, it was, uh, you know, it had elements that I really enjoy in other games. It had, you know, the the sub-building theme. It had an engine-building system. It had lots of kind of interlocking parts, and it was just a kind of complex uh, kind of arrangement of, of uh, different cogs to try and put into place but it just did it to such an extent that it ended up feeling a bit like a spreadsheet to me. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, I didn't get the sense that I was really building anything other than working towards victory points. I didn't get the sense that, you know, my civilization was fundamentally different from anyone else's or that, uh, you know, if I built a, a particular type of building that it gave me a bonus that I could understand in, in the context of that building, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It just felt like I was doing stuff to, to earn points as efficiently as possible. It's busy work, yeah, basically. Um, And also, I think the fact that the poor lady who was teaching it was trying to do three different tables in three (laughs) different languages at the same time probably wasn't the the smoothest way to get the hang of it.
0: But But have have either of you seen Titan? This is over on the Holy Grail stand. So they're the the company doing... Oh, blimey. So they're doing the new Rally Man Ah. GT, and they are doing Dominations, which is a kind of Civ domino thing with triangular dominoes mm. but Titan is its only there in prototype form so I think it's still but from what I understand the gameplay is set it's just the actual board which is this enormous it's a literal crater it's 3D so it has different rings so there's one ring that goes around the outside then a smaller ring then a smaller ring and you start it's a sci-fi game it's, it's meant to be a moon crater I think mm. but um, you know, it's, a, it's a Euro game at heart essentially um, you start in one place you have four kind of drone pawns and you build pipelines either around the edge of the rings, or down, so you stack the pipes so they're going down, and trying to work your way into the centre, picking up resources and so on. But it has a, I don't know if either of you have played Council of Four, so Council of Four has a kind of, it's a route builder, and then when you trigger certain uh, regions, you, it's almost like circuitry, you spark one, and then all the others connected to it, give you their action as well so this has a similar thing in that where you lay pipe you then set one off and everything connected to it you can then gain from so you want to balance obviously laying down pipe with setting it off and then just reaping as much as you can Um, but it's a really interesting design and the board is enormous I think it from what they were saying it would be exclusive to Kickstarter because it's just not feasible to sell in (laughs) any other uh, away and whether it will be worth the money because it is this enormous it would swallow a normal dining room table um, but I thought it was a really interesting kind of 3D tape you could definitely do it in 2D but it does add something for sure to it um, so that was really interesting to see
2: Cool
1: there's an awful lot of tile laying games, in particularly kind of pentominoes and those slightly odd shaped tiles. And walking past tables, a huge number of those at the show.
0: I can remember no titles because they all kind of blend <laughs> a lot into of games that compare to Tetris for sure. Yes, like, very true. A tough. few Roland rights as well that are using yeah. pentominoes. Yes, or polyominoes, polyominoes, yeah. whatever they are. Um, but then using them in a Tetris-like fashion. Because the yeah. wa- uh, uh, is it Wolfgang Wash? the the gentleman behind the mind Mm. he's got one coming out that is very much like Tetris but roll and write and then I've seen another one very recently Mm. that I think was almost quite literally described as Tetris but roll and write so it seems that everyone's gone Tetris that would make a really good roll and write game (laughs) it's like yeah like it would maybe once but uh yeah. And it's
1: kind of Uwe Rosenberg's turf. He's kind of got the putting those shapes on, together on a board in interesting ways. But he's done what four games in that genre, and possibly more. but well, there's one of the Cottage
0: Garden. There's the trilogy, trilogy, the Puzzle Trilogy, and Patchwork. Patchwork yes. and Patchwork Express. Yeah, yeah. and um. of course there's elements of it in Feast for Odin, yeah. where you're covering up uh, a grid. Patchwork Express have I really played Patchwork Express yes it's a strange beast
2: I actually love it and the reason why is it is the most complicated game that I can play with my five year old Uh. Um, people say Patchwork was simple enough why do you need a smaller board why do you need to simplify it any further but it takes what was a really accessible game and makes it a great game for kids Um, so yeah I'm, I'm all over there at the minute. I, just, I think I keep hearing, Daddy, Daddy, Patchwork, please. And then you're like, soon we'll be on to Feast for Odin, and then
0: we'll really be rolling. Oh, I think I'll, I'll have to try and beat him <laughs> at least once at Patchwork before I graduate to that. I was actually going to say, I felt the same, in that it, it is Patchwork, but in some ways, Patchwork Junior or Patchwork Kids would have been a, more, a better title, because yeah. it's, it's not that much shorter than normal Patchwork, mm-hmm. but it is just, it's simplified. I don't think you could get much simpler, but it's still you know it's patchwork and patchwork is great. Yeah, like any excuse to play patchwork, really. Um, another thing that I've been quite impressed by was down at
2: the uh, the Swedish Studio Free League. Um, and they are, among other things, doing board game adaptations of Paradox software video games. So they are the makers of things like Crusader Kings, which I played a long time ago, uh, and uh, Europa Universalis, which is a really complex war game that I tried to play once, but it made my brain leak out my ears. Um, So I tried to get demos of those. They were absolutely packed today. I think they're going to start implementing uh, scheduled bookings tomorrow because they were so kind of overwhelmed. They were also showing at their uh, stand the new edition of uh, Vampire the Masquerade, the role-playing game and the legacy game that's coming up set in that universe. Um, and kind of vampire to me is you know most people get into RPGs through D D, but because I was you know a, a, a kind of rocker kid in school, I got into it through Vampire, and it looks like they've done just such a lovely job just in terms of the presentation, and also um, just from leafing through it, there are some real kind of story-centric points to it, more so even than you know the old uh, Vampire uh, RPGs were considered at their time to be really story-centric. This seems to be almost taking a, a kind of uh, I'll leaf out of the uh, kind of story game book some of the kind of weird more indie RPGs that kind of put you into a situation and says, right, this is this is what your character is experiencing right now. How do you express that? Um, you know, you you uh, find yourself in different social or physical situations, and you have this um, kind of reduced blood pool, and it makes you react in all sorts of weird
0: and unpredictable ways. So, how do you deal with that? Um, which I found pretty interesting. Yeah, it's worth noting that Europa Universalis it was a yeah, it was a board game, then it was a computer game, then a computer now it was game, then a board, it's game again, board game again from different yeah. designers as well. So they've mm. kind of just taken the the IP. But of course,
1: Civilization did the same thing. Well, yes, Although yeah. you know, Sid Meier doesn't acknowledge his debt to Francis <laughs> Tresham. Civilization, he did buy Francis Tresham's company, which was a bit of a giveaway. Uh, and then, of course, it went back to becoming Sid Meier's Civilization, mm. the board game. And so then, yeah. didn't, wasn't
2: there a Civilization game that wasn't Sid Meier's Civilization but was officially based on the board game, not the video game, which wasn't officially based on the board game? Oh, no, I don't know. You lost me after this
0: was uh, Civilization probably. Call to Power, I oh, think, was wow. the oh, one. Oh, God, that yes. Familiar, yes. yes. And then, of course, there have been things like Mega Civilization that just go even further. It takes yonks to, play, to play, ends. Yeah, so inside. you're playing in real time and watching yourself develop
1: technology over millennia. Those, those kind of games actually make me jealous these days. I wish I had the time. I, w- I wish I, And the space to leave a game mm. like that set up. Yeah, I think
0: th- Twilight Imperium is the big one for me. Yeah. I adore Twilight Imperium, and, yeah, I can never play it. Yeah. because it's like oh, well we need to take over the dining room table for an entire day find people who are willing to sacrifice the entire day to play one game but there's a very good game and so I find myself just more and more drawn to things that are under an hour let's say yeah, sure. yeah
1: I have a hard time pushing anything over three hours yeah. I have little kids little-ish kids um, a wife a dog <laughs> a cat in particular who likes knocking <laughs> things onto the floor um just a brief note, I wanna go I was right, I um in the tabletop gaming live pod Podcast, the one that we recorded at our panel at Tabletop Gaming Live, I said that the coming trend was games you could play anywhere, little games. I've had three pitched to me just wandering around the halls, people. You can play this anywhere, including one game that I was told you could play in the shower, which is not a selling point to me. I have to say, <laughs> but only well, once
0: because sh- then you have to toss all the cards because they're wet. No, it's it's always piece- people <laughs> come up
2: to you in foreign
1: countries asking if you want to come and play games in the shower. <laughs> you run. <laughs> it's- towards the shower
0: no um, no
1: it, it's it's a it's a Czech game it has kind of acrylic pieces it's um, they describe it as being simpler than chess but it's more like a kind of noughts and crosses with clever stuff um, but why you'd want to play it in the shower and I think you need to be flat in the shower as well which is a problem that's why you can't play in the bath
0: yes that's the one distinguishing feature is you need the flat board yes but, but, but games sounds are a uh, floating yes. board there's a thought do I do no, oh, God, it. but you've, remind me,
1: you've reminded me of a thing. There is a game here called Don't Drop the Soap, and yes, it is a I've game explicitly a game. about prison shower rape. And, oh, I'm not going to swear, I shouldn't, but what is that doing? We're all doing it on your behalf? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. It's,
2: it's kind of hard to uh, believe that that would get published. That yeah, cause against humanity
0: stuff still still following it's, in just, his wake, being like, we can be edgy. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, actually, that's just kind of offensive it's, yeah, yeah.
1: It's, I mean, the, that's the thing about Essen. You turn a corner, you never know, never know what you're going to see.
0: But uh, another game I'd like to bring out, you're, you're speaking of a critic block, which is not something I often say, reminded yes. me. Um, <laughs> I think it's called Tackler. I don't know if you've seen this. It's, mm. it's kind of Jenga in reverse, but it's competitive Jenga. So it takes place on a wooden board. Um, I think they are still finalising how exactly they're going to get it into people's hands because it's a lot of wood it's just yeah. like a huge wooden block at some point but um, it's a, a cross board that has a, a pole in the middle and a red ball and you adjust the ball where you want it to be and then everyone uh, starts behind a certain line depending on uh, how difficult they want it to be and they have Jenga like blocks and they have to build up towards this red ball which is in the center but you have to then find ways to counterbalance your tower as it shifts ah. towards. Um, and so there are, I think you can play, it's all played in real time, I should mm. say, but you can also have, uh, you can choose so that it's whoever gets there first, it's whoever uses the fewest blocks, um, but then you can take the, the ends of the crossroad out and just connect them directly and play cooperatively in teams where you're trying to create a bridge or an arch Um, So you're each building from one end of the bridge or arch and trying to make them meet in the middle first before the other team. So it's this kind of versatile dexterity game that is really hard. All of my GCSE physics did not help me one bit because I completely misunderstood how gravity works and just watched (laughs) blocks fall over and then would put blocks in the same place and go, they're just not staying where they should. Uh, But it was a really good fun. a very simple idea, but kind of, again, just a new take on who, who's something. that from? What role is it? I can't from? remember their name, unfortunately. I'm not sure if it's been picked up by a publisher yet because I, I oh, think okay. the designer was saying that it, they were having trouble, again, just working out there's yeah. a lot of wood, it's going to weigh a ton, how on earth they'll get it to anyone. Um, but it was it was fantastic. It was a really cool little game. Yeah, it sounds beautiful. It sounds fantastic. But looking ahead to the rest of the weekend, is there anything you haven't seen yet that you're hoping to find at some point out on that floor. Yeah, I wouldn't mind checking out um, Men
2: at Work from Pretzel Games, yeah. oh, which is another really dexterity game. Just because it's from Pretzel Games. Speaking of, you know, speaking of massive boxes of wood, that is what they they specialize in. This Canadian publisher who make these uh, they almost look like kind of coffee table items. Almost, you know, they they come in wooden boxes, and all the components are made of wood. They tend to be kind of dexterity, so either stacking or flicking or um, you know balancing games. And uh, yeah, this is the latest one, and I'm just keen to,
0: to check it out. Yeah, it looks a uh very very good indeed i've seen men at work a little bit and it reminded me there's another game out there Tokyo Highway which i think yeah, out yeah, also out. On my list. there has a similar thing of building foundations then balancing girders or in the case of Tokyo Highway roads between them and then putting diddly little cars on them so it seems like that that is one of the it's not as common as Roll 'Em rights or, or things like that but it's definitely a trend that's happening uh, so yeah. The other thing to about read Tokyo highways, Shows.
1: it looks beautiful. Mm. It's yeah. just the aesthetic of it is absolutely stunning. Looks like a piece of sculpture. But James,
0: what are you hoping to find out there over the oh, next few days? I have
1: no idea. I come to these things hoping to be surprised, and I always am. Um, I have, Essen is so big that there is actually an app, it's a third party app called Event Badger that you can use and it has every single new release for Essen loaded into its database and you go through one and a half thousand new games clicking interested, not interested, really interested and then it plots them all on the map of the halls and so you can go around. So it's like Um, Tinder for nerds. It's exactly Tinder for nerds and um, I just, I'm kind of game blind having gone through one and a half thousand possible new releases um i think you've you've hit because i love stacking games both tokyo highway and men at work uh, i'm really looking forward to it. other than that anything that i happen to wonder also old friends and industry contacts as well i was the trains are, are screwed the trail trains from Dusseldorf airport are screwed up and i found myself sitting next to uh, john kovaleski who founded uh, gale force 9 and has just left Gale Force 9, along with the entire Gale Force 9 development team, literally in the last two weeks, to set up Monster Fight Club, uh, his new company who will be doing some interesting stuff and I'm hoping to actually nail him down tomorrow and talk to him seriously for 10 or 15 minutes about that and bring it to you, tabletop gaming fans uh, in the form of either a, a long news piece or a
0: short article. Yeah, our, ro- our roving reporter James <laughs> Wallace out on the beat. I've got to, got to pay my bills somehow. Yeah, Gale Force 9 do some I wonder if they'll go down the same route of Licensed games because they do a lot of very decent licensed games, Star Trek and Firefly, and yeah, and, and, and I mean, SpongeBob like Switch, e, maybe. which
1: um, yeah, I mean, Firefly was a huge seller, three hundred thousand copies, I think, at least, I mean, the big, big numbers, um, and good quality as well. It's it, for a long time it was rare to find good licensed games. It was kind of an excuse; it was a way to shift a slightly shoddy game, step so a stick a license on it. Um, but their stuff was really good and tied into the the theme and and really clearly found a following so the question is not just what will monster fight club do but also what will giggle force 9 do now uh, be very interesting to see interesting times yeah right
0: but uh, i think that's uh, all our time but thank you again own duffy Yep, great uh, speaking to you yeah and have a good rest of Essen. and uh, thank you again james wallace oh my pleasure and i've been matt jarvis uh, at some point the top, top gaming podcast will return